last time we chatted on this kind of weird uh, interaction between commerce and finance and like how that results in fashion, how that precipitates in fashion. Um, and more so, I kind of want to think about these, or starting at least from that thought, these weird, all these brands that kind of only sell clothing in store, you know, they, they don't allow for e-commerce. Um, do you have any thoughts on those kind of brands and how they operate in this space and kind of the creative world they're trying to conjure up? Yeah, I was kind of thinking about this because um, I, from what I understand, I think one of our, one of both of our favorite brands, even though I don't and probably won't ever wear it, is John Alexander Skelton. And, um, you know, he's doing the part of the lineage of those heritage or not heritage. I don't know what the word would be, but um, yeah, he's, he's not allowing his brand to be sold on e-commerce. I, I'm not even sure if it's on dark lens or, or anything like that. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I've, it's interesting to me because um, I don't really understand how you could not. And, and I don't really understand why you would not. So um, yeah, I, 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 I guess it's just like, there's there's an ability like i respect if you don't have to go on you know all all of the the uh channels of commerce but um i don't really understand the logistics of it yeah it's really weird i think it's almost like a nod to this bygone era in um in like mm. clothing marketing where like you know and i think it's very cut the practice i think is most common for those i mean i think it's really common in artisanal clothing brands the brands which are um, in that space, like Paul Harden, Carol, um, John Skelton. But it's weird, like, I really felt like that had died. But for some reason, I guess there are still certain brands that believe in that. But coming from such a young designer like John Skelton, it's like, it's hard to place. Um, but I do think it kind of enmeshes with this idea of wanting to have, like, complete creative control of your product and how it's, like, projected into the world. Um, like, I think... That I think that's kind. Of, they kind of trust certain retailers to be able to project their clothing in like a, in the way they would like, and so they they kind of micromanage that even at the marketing scale. But then I wonder, like, does it lead to a sustainable financial situation? Like, how does how does that, you know, um, end up looking for them in the long run? Yeah, like, I I get that, and I think that that is probably a big reason why, you know, they're they're so um precious about those things, but like. I don't know. I, I guess like, fuck, this is a weird tangent, but even us working on this podcast and, and doing this thing, like it's for me, a, a practice in like letting go of the, like, like letting go of the end product. And, and I think like, that's what you have to do as a designer. And yeah, like, again, I really, really like they're doing at that brand john alexander skelton and i really appreciate everything that they do and the clothes are great but i don't know like i think like being someone who's productive or creative or whatever you have to let go of what the end product is going to be and and hope that it reaches your target audience and if it doesn't it doesn't really matter you you did something for yourself and you moved on after that you know i think that that's really important i totally agree but it's also funny thinking about that kind of um that kind of uh, control of a creative product also in terms of authenticity but perhaps co coming back to that later more so about um the the more commercial practice or like the uh let's letting go um and it's really funny like i think when you see like designers like carol or like john skeleton or particularly carol and in, 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 in instances where 
they like where the retail has kind of betrayed them or betrayed their trust their responses have always been like super fucking cringe like they've always just like had these like PR disasters where they well the Carol team just oh I'm not sure the team but their the entity seems like they respond as if they're like um, really frustrated about the fact that someone has like put up a shoe online like accidentally yeah. and it's really like it's really unbecoming like um, I understand like why you know I can kind of you know in terms of the creative control blah 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 but when it falls apart, often the people who like assert this creative control handle it really poorly. Um, it's kind of funny, actually. I, I love it when I, I mean, I love seeing them have like a little um, tantrum. Yeah, and well, we'll I, I mean, like, we'll give Carol a bit more of a pass because, like, his success slash failure and being able to do business, I think, is part of the art project that he's working on, um, and. So like it's a little bit different, you know, he from like a brand doing a runway show or something like that. Uh like Alexander or John Alexander Skelton has been doing or or you know. Um what's another good one? Um Jeffrey Jeffrey uh, B. Smokes uh Cuff DM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. Um although yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh Devoa, I think, is another one that they like don't really want to do that stuff, although that brand is pretty irrelevant now. Um uh shit, I lost my train of thought. But yeah, yeah, um, sorry. Yeah, I was no, gonna go say like with brands that like they kind of try to maintain that sort of um, you know only can be bought in store experience. I think it is a really fine, especially for, if you're a new brand and you kind of reject e-commerce. And this landscape is such a like to me such like a suicidal move. I mean, I think you have to. I guess there's certain. Yeah, I think it's like that kind of again that kind of that kind of process is, is from bygone era where it was more feasible. Um, and today, I guess, with, a, with a, you know, how do physical you know, how do physical stores to begin with even compete with e-commerce? Like, it's such a crazy thing to imagine. And then also, to be a brand that only wants to operate with these dying physical like physical stores, it just seems like financial suicide. But nevertheless, uh, but maybe it could also be a scale thing. Maybe they're just trying to like develop a rapport with certain brands before or with, with the market before they go into e-commerce. Like maybe cutting skeleton some slack, and perhaps in the in the uh, hopefully in the near future he'll be more. Um, uh, you know, interested in doing e-commerce, especially with the recent press he got. That press, thank God, yeah, hundred percent deserved. Um, but hopefully, goes into like doing more e-commerce stuff. Yeah, and like I, I mean, I love retail shopping. Like it's really, or or like the retail experience. Like when it's good, it's really incredible. Like being able to, um, actually interact with the clothes and like try them on and and just, you know, not just be looking at photos. Um, and like hoping to God that the thing that you expect to receive doesn't just get packed back into the box and like shipped back or returned or whatever, um, because it is shit at the end of the day. But at the same time, like retail has changed so much now that it's not even a good experience anymore. Anyways, like going into a good retail store is so fucking rare. Like, I don't know it's it's not even like a good hill to die on anymore it's not worth in my opinion like losing your your brand uh, or losing your potential to be a, a, a you know a functional brand and I, th- I also think it's very transparent nowadays like i felt back in the past whenever i'd go i mean i slightly used to feel back in the past when i go into physical store it was almost like um a gla- like a glamour project for the store owners like it was like yeah. very like uh the the, the you know the the profitability was very difficult to ascertain also to locate it was very much just an opportunity for like them and their friends to, like congregate about you know on brands they like in a store and perhaps someone who isn't their friend might purchase some, something and i think that's also why there's often a lot of like 
um, like personal relationships to, um, built between um, like shop owners and the clientele because you know that's kind of a reliable way of having a, a customer. I feel, um, but yeah, it's, but more so in this marketplace where, like, um, if it's like you know if it was a glamour project twenty years ago, and you know you you'd pray to God that you're profitable today when you're competing with these like e-commerce giants, um, you know you have to be a really fucking good glamour project. Or I mean, even then, like. It can be a project that's like supported by your e-commerce. So that is like maybe a respectable yeah. um, operation. But, but you're kind of like, even then, like you're cannibalizing your own business. Like there's no reason, there's no like, of, of course there's a reason because it's like a storefront and, and there's like ad space and, and, you know, you kind of use it as like a, as like a, a home base or like a, like the physical uh, version of your of your main platform, but ultimately like your main platform is probably going to make more money and you, you're kind of stealing, um, stealing customers from both sides. But, um, you, you said something before that was good. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess like, yeah, you were saying like how it's like of a bygone era and like, if there's a good retail store out there, like, and you can do that, you know, thing where you're, um, where you're like, uh, you have your friends and you're, you're hanging out there, then that's really cool. And I really, I really love that. And I think like the same thing is happening with restaurants where every ounce of profit or like value has to be squeezed out of everything. And, and like, you lose a lot of that, um, humanity there. Uh, so yeah, like, I don't know respect to these brands that are just trying to hold on to that thing but i don't think it's really like gonna last but i also have a lot of, like i think coming back to you said earlier having a lot of nostalgia for going into a store and kind of interacting with clothing you know like i think for coming from the online experience and coming from a small island in the corner of the planet the first time i went to a store in the city the only store that stocked rick owens it was like divine you know it was like a very it was a very um uh, hormone, you know, loaded. Like the experience was very stressful or anxiety-inducing because, like, I had read, I'd consumed so much of this product online, understood the brand, like, extensively online. Then I finally had the opportunity to like, touch it in real life, and I was like, "Damn, this is so weird." But also, I mean, overwhelming. But then also, in the like the the post of it, underwhelming. Like, actually, this is just a you know a piece of clothing like any other clothing. There's nothing too transcendent. But nevertheless, like having that opportunity in that retail space, you know, to to understand that I think was really cool. Um, it also really broke down, you know, kind of the a lot of the, um, a lot of the obstacles, a lot of the, the uh, stigma, or not the stigma, but a lot of the, um, like personal. Oh no! It broke down the facade of, of what the object was. It just made it like, I was, oh yeah, I can appreciate this as just a pair of shorts. It's no longer like this Rick Owens pair of shorts. Um, and I think that the retail experience was really valuable for me in like understanding that clothing is just really clothing. Yeah, and well, there was another part of that that was like, at least, well, no, all the Rick Owens stores were pretty good back in the day. Like, um, the ones that I've been to before, like twenty sixteen, were like the Paris Champs Elysees store and uh, New York. And the there was one of the older guys that worked at Champs Elysees. I think is it is that what it was or no? I don't know. I know the Rick store in Paris that's um in the uh. A Royal Palaces? I can't, you know, that's the one. Oh I'm yeah, Palais Royal. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
where the fuck is Chandelier? But that, but like, this is something. This is something I always like to remind myself about that store. There was a point in Star Zygast history where, like, it was common knowledge. <laughs> fuck, it's actually really funny. Uh, that people would. I don't know if you've heard this. We recall this, but people would go into the Rick Owens store in Paris, and there was just trash strewn along the store, <laughs> like everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's what I used to read online. So there was just like, like you know, like um empty like plastic bottles and just like random like packets of like lollies just strewn like not not by design just by like total neglect or perhaps maybe it was part of the you know part of the brand image nevertheless i thought it was so funny that all these like stars like posters who are so used to like opulence and like luxury and beauty would go into the raccoon store and just be met with like filth now i thought it was so beautiful and so funny like the Im- the store employees would do that I don't know. I don't know who, but like, there's still employees. Uh, like, from what I, for this is like me reading a form post like 15 years ago. Um, th- it seemed as if there was clearly like a collection of, of just discarded garbage, like discarded like packaging right. in the store, like just like you know food packaging perhaps. Um, and no one, none of the employees had done the diligence of like picking it up and putting it. They just let it, you know, like like waft right. around as if they were like uh, fucking dust balls or something. Yeah, I mean. The the big like memory I have of it was going to uh, going to that store. Um, oh yeah, you're right. It is Jardin du Palais Royal. Um, I don't know why I thought Champs-Élysées. I don't even know what that is to be honest. Uh, anyways, yeah. The the there was like an older guy and um, actually I want to clear something up. We said on, that you said on episode one. Um, I'm not French Canadian. Oh, just for the record, dude. I do speak French. Um, but yeah, I'm not French Canadian. I bet. And it, it, yeah, it ties into the story here because the old guy being French, obviously from France, uh, he, he found out we were French or that we were from French Canada and he wanted to like swear in French Canadian, which is like different from how, like how they swear in, in France. Um, and so, yeah, we were just saying like French swear words with him for (laughs) 20 minutes or whatever. Yeah, that's sick. Um, I also went. I went to the store in my in my recent Paris trip, like end of last year or summer last year. And it, the stuff, the stuff, all their stuff selection is always very charming and very good. Like I went in there with a friend from New Zealand, and um, the staff employees were like, just we like I don't, I don't think we look like customers who will buy anything. We're clearly just there to like fuck around, but they still will chat. Like they'll still hang out with you and like and you know just like chat about bullshit, talk shop about total garbage. Um, so they're sick. Yeah, they're, I think they are at least for the French store. I've always been like really enthusiastic about who's working there. Yeah, it's the same at the New York store. They're they're always like super welcoming and nice. Like, I, you know, I've never paid retail for Rick Owens, so yeah. um, they smell that on you, but they don't uh, they don't seem to mind. Yeah, thank God for that. Um, okay, so returning to like thinking about. Um, like these, I think it's really funny, and and like despite you know with brands who like will only offer in store bu- purchasing purchasing experience, will only stock stuff in store and not do e commerce. Like um, the I don't know I, I don't know how familiar, but like the advent of like drop shipping for luxury clothing products, not just yep. from like secondhand sto- stores, but also from physical stores. Like there's nothing stopping anyone from like seeing that you know skeleton is stocked in. Uh, Leclerc or whatever, and then just un- enlisting that same item on Grailed in like a dropshipping kind of process. Um, so it's really yeah. funny. Like, it really, you kind of see that someone will just hustle it if you don't. They'll, they'll, they'll do the e-commerce for you, pretty much. Yeah, people do. I mean, obviously, people do that a lot with uh, like luxury um, outlet stores. Like, there's a ton of stuff online that's just like stock photos 
of products that say like please ask for availability before purchasing because they don't they have to run to the fucking outlet store and pick it up to ship it out to yeah, it took me a long time. I mean, like a few years ago when I was more like in the cut of going through Yahoo Japan or like these like um online second-hand retail uh, luxury or second-hand re- retail spaces online like eBay or Yahoo Japan um that I was always surprised cuz I'd see like I'd see the stock image on you know I'd see the image on the listing image on these websites and then I'd see the exact same image on Grail. And I thought I just thought someone was a like, mass scale purchasing they were just buying everything and listing it before it arrived to their doorstep but actually what they were doing was just listing the product without even buying it um which yeah. i thought was i still think is I, you know god bless the hustle but i just think it's really underhanded i don't know like i, I guess they are kind of providing a service in terms of like marketing a product on their behalf and collecting whatever like you know whatever the premium whatever their like um whatever the admin process is in terms of profit but um yeah i just find it really i find it really lame um but yeah it's the same thing as the zen market or japan or whatever like taking taking their proxy cut but obviously it's it's just a little bit less transparent and like if, i don't know i'd be pretty well actually i, I guess i guess i wouldn't care but yeah i, yeah, I will just think they're like giga giga brains being like yo i can just resell this stuff yeah i mean i, I know when maybe i am frustrated that I, that I kind of was too at the time of my life I was a bit too um maybe moral to like really engage in um like dropshipping practice or just scamming people like that wasn't really my thing but i feel like there's there's been a period in, in like early there's been like a window i feel like like 2016 to like 2020 where people were just like super scamming online like doing all these like nefarious ways of like you know cutting a deal whether it would be dropshipping or just like just like <laughs> elder abuse whatever it may be um they managed to like you know make some money in that little window um, and maybe it's even relevant today. I'm sure people are still doing it, but I, for some reason, I am like, maybe I'm just like, I don't know, I have a job, so I don't really have to do that, but I could have a job and do this if I really want to make money, but it just seems yeah. kind of foul. I don't know. I just think it's not, it, it's like so much not worth it. Like you're skimming what, like 10, 15% off the top. Like it's, I don't know, who cares? Oh, oh yeah. For luxury clothing, it's definitely like, although I have a friend, I have a mutual friend who we should think about talking to who like made a business like out of doing um luxury clothing drop shipping like he was pretty big time like in in the european fashion circles he was the go-to guy but of course it's like not scalable like with any that's always the the problem you meet with reselling luxury products is that you're always dealing with a one-for-one um as you've pointed out to me in the past i think that's like the profound like in other commodities like if you were like just drop shopping from like drop shipping like mass-produced baskets from alibaba then you could there's a profit to be made um, I think or like it's, very, it's really easy to scale that kind of business, but for luxury clothing, it's harder to do. People, people are still doing it, but yeah, the profits, you know, running back and forth between the outlet store, running back and forth between like vendors doesn't, it may be good for your like cardiovascular system, but it doesn't really add yeah. up in terms of your time well, investment. Yeah, but that's because those people are not like looking at it. Like they're like, oh, it's free for me to like go and do this myself, but like it's not. Like, like it's free right now because like you are not valuing the time that it, you take to do it but like yeah yeah i think that's the thing it's like it, it is like it's it's really um it's really profitable if you consider your time worthless like if you if you don't if you don't if you really think that you know you've got no other way of you know producing value out of your time then effectively you're dividing by zero you know it's infinite infinite profits um which i mean if you're doing that you yeah you might actually have unvaluable time like if yeah. that's what you're trying to do with your time but then you could also argue that perhaps 
what might be more valuable, not an immediate, non immediate return, but in a long term return, is just like working on a CV and just you know, you know, mass submitting it everywhere. That 100%. could be, yeah. So it's like, it's just like maybe not, it seems really immediately profitable, but then if you think about like your your prospects going forward, like that window of opportunity will close, and then you won't have the you won't really have the experience you'll need to maybe go into a more stable financial situation. But maybe that's always the case. You have this risk reward thing you have to always kind of balance out. Um. Um. But yeah, but was there was there something was there like a was there something that you thought of about with regards to like the, um, like uh, e you know, e-commerce yeah platform like yeah, did you have like a thought there? Yeah, I, I wanted to extend that's interesting that there are certain like I kind of want to kind of blend into authenticity away, but how we'll get there or the 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 vehicle is thinking about how like a lot of the brands who who practice sort of the the non-e-commerce who who will, who want to who will like voluntarily not to e-commerce are of a specific sect you know it's only certain brands i mean you could say like this like this artisanal brand practice is very popular they're very interested in doing that and i think not only because they're kind of obsessed with being like artists of their own universe but also um because they come from that tradition it seems to be kind of the the mode of of commercialization of these brands demands them to be as like difficult to ascertain as possible like the, like it seems that the, the way you market yourself in, in in artisanal clothing is almost by like displaying some sort of um uh commercial suicide like by trying to project that you are commercially unviable that is as marketing technique in and of itself yeah well yeah i remember like maybe i'm i might be missing your point but like i remember people talking about like I don't know, this is like a really old point that I'm just digging up because it's like so not relevant anymore. But like when people first started to realize that Rick Owens wasn't doing advertisements in magazines and like how novel that was. Um, but I, to me, like that's just fucking boring now. Like who cares? Yeah, it's really, it's really contrived. It's super contrived. And I don't think it like it's, you know, there is I like it's really transparent to like trying to actively not market is also a way of kind of like displaying your product in a, to, to a new audience an audience who appreciates that but i mean those audiences you know that's that's not something that's sustainable you know you'd rather expand to everyone than expand to like these like this these small caches of like annoying dark fashion nerds but the reason i speak about this is because this idea of authenticity and i really like 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 a dark like a, a brand that comes out of the dark fashion sphere is only authentic if it checks these really contrived boxes and also this yeah. idea of authenticity in terms of a person and their brand allegiance, I found is something very specific to online luxury clothing. Like, I don't know if you, do you have like experiences from like from seeing people who will like um, evaluate someone's authenticity online? Um, like, what do you mean? Like authenticity. Like sometimes if someone's wearing like it's like Visvim and then perhaps like Rick Owens, they'll be oh. that's like inauthentic because it, you know they're not on this. You know, it's totally like, totally contrived and bullshit. Bullshit, but that kind of um, understanding of clothing and culture, that kind of understanding of like someone's identity yeah. and their allegiance to brands was really like a big part of how you evaluate someone online. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking about this actually today on my walk home from the gym that like, um, I, I think, I don't think it's black or white. Like, I don't think that you can be, I don't think there are people who are necessarily inauthentic because they make, like very differing clothing decisions. And I don't think that it is inherently good to be 
like, fuck, I don't know how I'm trying to say this, but like, I'm not sure where I'm at with the conversation. There's always a conversation about like, does it matter or is it important for the things that you clothe yourself with or like the things that you interact with represent you? Um, like, is that, first of all, is that like worthwhile? Is it even possible? And like, can you be inauthentic in that way? Um, cause yeah, it's like, I think like both of us, like we spend so much time on those forums. Um, I think you posting more than I did, but there was so much of that discussion cause people would just like, you would post like a fit pick and that would be your fit pick for the week. And then the next week, if you weren't, if there wasn't like a throughput between the week one and week two, then people would be like, oh, you just switched it up or whatever. But like, there's a whole life in between those fit pictures that, you know, they, people weren't presenting and, and it, it can't be judged that way. So, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you can have a kind of like an amputee between, you know, your first fit pick and then the second, you you know, that's when you wreck Owens, you know, you just take a sleeve off. Yeah. Um, but no, but like coming coming before that, I think yeah, no, for me where I lie, I think you, you raised a lot of really interesting points, but what one I want to expand on is like this idea of your like someone's perception of what they want to express through their clothing. And I think that to me is like a creative avenue. Like the like I think there is in the same way someone will curate like, you know, a composition yeah. of images, how someone curates how they appear, whether it be the cosmetic like through cosmetic products or through like clothing, I think is like to me a create that's like truly an opportunity to like kind of ex express your creativity. I think that is like, to me, like profound. That's like what fashion should kind of be for everyone, I hope. Yeah. Um, but, um, but secondly, um, I think w in terms of, the, I think what, what I found funny is online, people would take, you know, they take their agency of applying their own like understanding of their creative practice and use it to evaluate other people's authenticity. So you almost had these like authenticity police, these like volunteers online who would just go out and be like, oh, inauthentic or, you know, in this really contrived way. And I think I like, I and that's when I, I think I thought it was really stupid. Like, I think there was probably a period of my life, I know definitely a period of my life where I was of that ilk. I was volunteering all my free time to authenticate people's fits online. But you come to realize <laughs> that like, actually, um, it doesn't, like, it's very, it's, it's up to the person, you know, at least I believe that fashion is someone's personal, it's a very personal relationship you have with clothing and how you want to like uh, construct that. And who is anyone to take on the position of police officer, you know, to take on that like responsibility, like be the judge of what's authentic and not. Um, but I, yeah, I just something that was a part of like internet. I think maybe it's, I don't know if that practice, I don't, I still, I still think I see it amongst like really massive fucking dickheads online who, um who do like authenticity checks or will be like the, the the local cop on the corner doing the little check. Um, I agree. Like, I agree in a lot of ways that it's, like, total waste of time and, like, whatever. But I do think that, like, I don't know. There was something, there was something valuable about someone just being, like, why are you doing this? Like, not necessarily, like, in a way that's, like, trying to just shit on people on the internet but like maybe there was something that people gained from that like that filter of just like oh i because you know nowadays it's like people just post on like instagram or tiktok or whatever and they get the exact same engagement that they always would which is basically not any criticism and so there's not really like a learning 
I don't even want to use the word learning because like, how can you, like, how do you learn about how to dress yourself? But maybe there's something about like, you are learning to not give a shit or like to like, yeah. Because I think like, I think some people go and like, they like see someone and I'm sure like everyone has done this, including myself, like see someone wearing some shit and being like, damn. I want that thing that, or like, I want to be, I want that, I want to look that, like, I want that combination of things. And then, well, yeah, like, is that, what, how, is that authentic? Like, are you, you're just like picking something off someone else, you know? But yeah, you make a really good point. Like, there is, um, there's a lot of value of like having this kind of like free wellness check from like someone, you know, they have perspective that might kind of really base you. If, if no one else is giving it to you straight, some like random stranger online might just be like, you're whack check your shit out you can't trust anyone around you <laughs> but um but also it's like i feel it's oh, it's really tricky especially when you post it online how much trust are you willing to put into a, a random person who doesn't have any context of who you are to give you like an appropriate you know clock of where you should go with what you want to wear um but i think yeah th i think i have it's really i mean i guess you have to gauge someone's like malicious intent if they're just like trying to like undermine you and like ruin their prospect of your life for no good reason then you know it's you, it's important to suss that out somehow but um i'm of the belief that perhaps eating shit you know eating shit through your garbage fit pics which i i will i will definitely expose i mean for those i have had my fish you know, trash i've had my moment and luckily as an adolescent but also i'm sure in the future i'll have many more of having total garbage fits. And I've learned from those experiences, whether it be through like being paralyzed in a fucking carb window through how fucking shit I look or by some stranger online telling me I look absolute garbage. They've both been learning experiences. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you, you, you have a good like hit percentage, especially when it comes to like how to wear Yoji or something like that. Like you really didn't, uh, you know, you didn't fall into the trap of like looking like, you know, like a Yoji um, runway yeah. model or, or runway, like, failure, you know? Yeah, no, I, I wrote about this. I haven't put it out yet, but hopefully soon, about, like, there are certain brands which which their constituents who will purchase their brand will do the full, will always do the full look. Like, you, like we've seen this, I mean, I know, like, Rick, the Rick Owens kids, they'll always, they'll always do history yeah. Rick Owens, like, and Yoji, they'll always, like, they're these acolytes for the brand. I mean, which is kind of cool. They're, like, super, they're, like, mega fans. Um, but I also feel it's kind of contrived when your whole, like, and this is what I find it contrived kind of relates to my previous point that I feel like fashion is sort of a creative, a personal creative outlet for yourself. And when you kind of like um, dismiss or like offload all that responsibility to a designer, so you'll just buy the catalog wholesale every season. I feel yeah. like you've kind of lost that creative avenue for yourself or you've displaced it and not and not really in your own favor. But maybe, maybe it is, but I find that kind of lame. Like you, yeah, it's not really a creative practice anymore. It's more just like you trying to look cool based yeah. on some other people. I kind of, like, there is some sort of weirdness. Like, there's some sort of, like, cognitive weird or, like, psychic weirdness that goes on with just, like, wearing 100% one brand all the time. Especially when it's, like, as, you know, non-viable as Rick Owens is. The, the the even deeper tier of what's worse than that is when someone like when these people will like switch each fit pick to a different designer 
and do a full look of that designer and then you know what i'm saying oh, like i haven't seen that i think this week it'll be yoji this week it'll be whatever oh maybe i have maybe i've yeah, seen it on more instagram stylists not so much online yeah. with online kids are like they'll do their cult thing you know but um yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that is yeah that is really it is weird, um. But uh, but I also kind of want to return. It's maybe it's a bit of like a stretch, but I really feel this is like on certain um fashion online cults, people get groomed into this idea of like what the best designer is. Like it's just by like these kids like doing fr- free PR or they're somehow like convinced. I uh, like yeah. some getting to fashion being like they'll they'll ask a naive question. Like I'm very like honest innocent question like how do i look cool like and i think everyone goes through this process to write a passage i think for a lot of people like you know what how do you compose yourself visually and and that is those those innocent sweet minds are ripe for the grooming then you'll have you know the cultists from rick or yoji supin and like in barrage you with fucking like pictures of like yoji or 12 all you know being like this is the cool thing look at all these cool things and and so I think I find I think I've noticed it a lot in like in cult online designer circles where like people will kind of naively always sort of um, un- have an understanding of clothing through that cult and through that specific brand cult um, and look to them as like a source of um, development. Yeah, yeah. It, it's always like I mean I've definitely been there, especially really when I was younger um with rick but like you know i never had the money to be able to like afford and thank fucking god i didn't because like that would have been not you know i would have probably been the same as any of these other guys wearing like like a fucking i don't know like sith outfit on the bus but um yeah narrowly escaped that yeah and i think like the best thing is to yeah i don't know i uh, yeah it's weird because like while i agree that it's like a creative process like i also don't really care that much to even think of like it that way like i I think i mentioned this in the last one but like really the only thing i care about is like being comfortable but when i say comfortable i don't mean like sweatpants and like a hoodie well sometimes i do wear hoodies but it's not like comfort in the sense of like it's like psychic comfort. Like I need to, it, it, the thing that I'm wearing needs to like, you know, fill all the gaps or fill all the boxes that I need it to. And if it doesn't, or if it, yeah, if it doesn't, then there's going to be a problem. And if it does, um, then like, I don't have to think about it or worry about it. And I've gotten very good at that. Like, I think when I was younger, I used to get that par like paralyzed, like you said, um and just spent a lot of time making sure that i can not have that paralysis and just like be able to be able to like put on whatever and 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 leave you know yeah but i also feel that like that mindset which i'm wholly in favor of comes with like maturity of understanding of what what you expect you know not everyone like being a five seven king myself i can't just like you know metamorphize into like a six foot four like rick owens more like over no way there's not that's not happening not even with the most insane camera angles you know it's not there's no way so you know with with a well you know with kind of understanding my body and uh, be comfortable with who i am myself i was okay like these are the certain the very select few (laughs) um doll size clothing producers who i can rely 
on <laughs> to produce, you know, that will hopefully allow me to get through life in a way that's not anxiety-inducing. Um, and but I think it was very much a learning process. Like when I was a kid or when I was younger, in my like maybe late teens, I, the, the immense amount of stress I'd put on myself to like kind of almost force myself to be fashionable, but also force myself into like social situations where, which, where I didn't want to be. Or I mean, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable and I really shouldn't have been in. Um, yeah, it was a big part of understanding. I mean, that, you know, just came with maturity. Being like, okay, like I don't give a fuck about any of this shit. I just value looking good enough and being able to do stuff in the best capacity that I can. Um, but yeah. you know, I think everyone goes through that. I, well, I hope everyone goes through that and like learns from it. Yeah, no, well, the other the other thing that I've noticed with like, especially with like online, I don't know, like especially with getting into post forum fashion discords, oh. um, so many people are spending so much time and effort on their clothes. Like, you literally just need a nice fitting t shirt and a pair of jeans, and you're gonna look better than this because you're spending way too much time putting together this fucking Captain Jack Sparrow outfit and you know there's a way for you to dress that doesn't result in you looking like that you know what I'm saying like yeah I, no I, I get like I get that there's like a creative and expression creative expression and, and like for some reason they're drawn to that thing but it like I don't know it's not working no for sure like maybe coming back to it like cosplaying outside of like a convention will only open so many doors yeah. for you like like you know like there's a yeah, time yeah, yeah. So, um it's like watching those like <laughs> you ever watch the like long sword fighting videos wait the fencing ones i do it fencing or like the the, the like the I, I you have to be i watch the shit out I of this <laughs> it's not necessary i i think i don't know very well but i think fencing do, is fencing like just with the the rapiers? No, so there's or? like this, the sport of fencing, and then there's like these guys who do do like medieval, like they'll have the the, yeah, the yeah, homemade yeah, Milanese armor. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, exactly. So it's like it's like the ponytail, like probably would have been wearing fedoras, you know, type vibe that I get from uh, from that from that whole thing. Yeah, it's it's always funny when you see them like unmasked. You know, they'll be like they'll be they go in their two v two competitions and they'll be like super. They'll have the war hammers. They're like heraldic armor. You know, they've all designed a home. They're like intricate chainmail, and they take it off and they just look like like the the comic book store guy from Simpsons. Like you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have like a catheter. You know? It's just like yeah, it's it's wild. Like, but no, I mean, God bless. At least like they found the people. Um, but the, I mean, no, that yeah. that's cool to me. Like. Going and like learning how to fight with a sword, like that's cool. There's almost so much. There's only only so much value you can extract personally if you're online. Fit, you know, doing it if you're religiously fit posting online. God bless, keep it up, King. But you know, the I don't know. I don't know where you're going with like the your you know, the efforts of doing that. But I know, fuck it, dude. I know. Yeah. I know, I feel like like doing um fit pics online. There should be more. I feel like that has led to like the digital. Like honestly, like the the what we see on TikTok today on Instagram, that like that you know people go you know what are you wearing today, but on Instagram that came from mm -hmm. like online fashion culture. Like we made that, and they commercialized yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Fuck them. Well, do you remember like okay? So there's there's this one that I follow. I don't really follow a lot of this stuff because a lot of it is like really bad, and it's just like it's like an arm of a marketing firm that like just works with a bunch of like shitty brands. But there's one that does feel kind of authentic is, uh, I think it's called Watching New York. And I mean, 
it's obviously just like New York street style stuff. Just like a bunch of people wearing like really elaborate, like full, full designer outfits. But yeah, like watching New York, it's pretty interesting because it's just like people actually on the street, actually walking around, you know, not just in their like Ikea furnished living room or whatever. But now I'm very, I'm very skeptical. I mean, God, I think there are a few. Who was there was the street stuff photographer who passed away? Who's super old in New York? I've got his name. He'd always wear the oh, same the blue coat, right? Who? He wore like a blue chore jacket. Yeah, I forget yeah. his name. Too. Yeah, yeah. And one time there was an interview where they went to his bedroom. His bedroom was just filing cabinets. It was he had, he had the most fucking wild living space. It was so dope. Like he was a character. Like in like, in every every edifice of his being was like. An anime character. He was so dope. Um, but Whoa. I think it also comes from like that era when street stuff photography was very candid. You know, it was like, is candid the right yeah. word? It was like very natural. You know, people were actually commuting from their home to work. Um, yeah. And I think it's, but I think that that's very sad. Now when I see a lot of, I'm very sp- skeptical nowadays when I see, actually, I know for a fact, they're, it's incestuous. Like the, the, the street stuff photographer and the person they're capturing are in cahoots. They're in bed, you know, like probably also mm-hmm. like literally came out of bed together. But, you know, they're always like, I, I don't, I'm very, you know, I don't think, I think people are onto the, you know, there there's like an appeal to, maybe that's what you're talking about. There are, there are people who do like, just tr- make it seem candid, but you know for a fact they like ask this person to walk down the street and look at, you know, look left and right or whatever. They try to make, they direct, they, they choreograph the, the candid occasion. Um, well, I think like the point of it was you go to a cool city where people dress like cool and you take photos of them and document it. And obviously that's going to like, you know, be self-cyclical where then people start dressing to be posted on the internet or whatever. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, you get this like, I remember, you know, I just remember like mid or like, you know, like 2009, 2010, especially because like, I think, yeah. That's a good point. Like, I think yeah, it was cyclical, and especially thinking back to like the early Star Star Zygast days. There's one guy, Adam yeah. Adam something is his name. He's a, he's a photographer. I mean, he, I think his photography banner was like Adam Twenty One. Am I thinking that right? Or am I thinking? Oh, um, Levente and M. His, oh. I think it was Adam Cats or something. Yeah, like uh, yeah, Cats. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you've got it, dude. You got. Oh, what was I thinking? A different podcast. Yeah. So yeah, um, the Cats dude. I think. He, he like kind of grew into that naturally in a way, or like he really was kind of the. If you got if you got snapped by him on Star Zygast, you know you felt like you it was kind of like a rite of pet. You know you had been um, yeah. You know that was your way to get into the club or whatever the case may have been. Um, and I, I recall that there was like there's also from what I remember there's like one park in Paris or something where like during Fashion Week everyone is trying to like you know attract. Uh, flocks of photographers to like catch them in a, like, a kind of faux candid moment but you're right like it, it just becomes really cyclical and it's not really like that different um you know eventually that's, that's the other thing is like these things all started to get like just turned into like fashion week events and like there's like the fashion show and then there's the street style that comes out and uh yeah i mean i i i uh I, I look through them, usually the ones that are like, um, you know, sanctioned by Vogue or whatever, but uh, I actually saw one photo that was so 
much better than anything I had. First of all, anything that I had seen at Fashion Week, but anything that I had seen in like 15 years. Um, and it's, I think I sent it to you where I posted it. Uh, but it's that photo of Maggie Maurer. I think that's how you pronounce her name in like a varsity jacket, pleated trousers and like worn in white tabby boots with a gold painted face. Cause I guess she had just finished the runway at Chaparelli and I don't know. It's just so like, so sick. You posted that like yesterday. It was very recently, didn't you? I think I saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. This was this was like this fashion week. Oh shit! Yeah, I remember that photo. I thought it was. I was really kind of perplexed by the gold face thing. I was trying to understand what that scenario was. I thought it was almost like a Photoshop, but God bless. Um, I uh, ooh, I was gonna go somewhere with this in terms of um, fuck, brain went blank. But yeah, I don't, I guess like, I, I, I also want to say that I don't think there's anything wrong with like dressing for an occasion or like doing like a funky, a funky like outfit, you know, but what was really cool about those old street style shots is like, I don't know, like when I put on clothes, I, I, it's like normally to just do day to day shit, like go to the gym or like go to the grocery store, um, you know, there's not a whole fashion scene in Montreal, so I'm just walking down the street most of the time. Um, and I, I, that, yeah, I don't know, you just miss that. It's like someone's just, what do cool people wear when they're walking around? Yeah, no, I think, I think it is very, I mean, I, I think you mentioned it earlier, you do have, I've had those moments as well in your life when you, you've seen someone, but like, damn, like, that's, that's a fucking fit. And you, uh, and you say, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're with it, you're like, oh, look at that guy fucking sick or something. Like, and that's that's really fun. Like, you'd be like, you know, you can appreciate someone who's like got some shit going on. Um, yeah, there's this one really hot guy at the gym <laughs> who wears like a, like a, like an inside out crop tee um, and like gold, like thin gold chains. And um, yeah, I respect that a lot. Like, it's not one of the like the crazy big gym outfits but it's just like really put together I, I i like that a lot okay but what does he wear on his legs is he is he a shorts kind of guy is he like a short shorts short? yeah what shorts yeah shorts. how high mid thigh all right god bless yeah i, I can in front of him together in my head all right, it sounds like a fucking fit we need to you need to get a, like a wait what did you think we're talking about shorts again yeah no no i was doing thank god for that no no i was thinking um that's what I was imagining that he would have like like thigh length like kind of short shorts in a way but like not too short like oh dude yeah. let me share with you I don't know if you, this is a fucking story people have to know about this what happens in fucking Sweden one day I don't know if I shared this with you one day I was walk, I was biking to work right um <laughs> this is one of the most surreal things that has ever happened to me I have to say I was and I read a lot of surreal shit so this was like really uh, to this day it's like affected me I was biking to work one day um and and I was kind of you know biking doing my thing. I I make this commute every fucking single in every day of my life. Whatever it doesn't make a difference. And there was a man biking towards me. And I often like you know, you sh I have to be aware of him insofar as I don't crash into him like normal thing. But then I noticed something. <laughs> he was wearing so he was wearing these bright like almost fluorescently white like very white short shorts, extremely white. Okay. And for some like reason, op what optic white? Yeah, like like like. like 
like like it would like reflect car lights you know like it was very like right, right. luminescent um and it attracted it like averted my gaze so i looked at his crotch i know this is a normal thing i do but i i, I like looked at his, at his shorts and he was coming mm-hmm. on like he was cycling towards me so of course when i looked there my gaze averted to like his shorts and his crotch you know as cyclists you know, this is how they cycle and then i noticed that his balls were hanging out. His balls. Were <laughs> <laughs> it was fucked, man. That shit affected me so. Like to this day, I'm like, holy shit, this motherfucker oh is biking around with his fucking balls hanging out of his shorts. Hey, wait. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. yeah. Like. Okay, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so he's wearing like. Like loose shorts yes they're both they're both loose okay. and short like they're, 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 they're uh, yeah and i think that was kind of ridden sitting down biking mm-hmm, yeah and his balls are hanging out one i think the side yes the side so like i i think what happened is like the oh, the short fuck. like the the rise slowly like crept into his crotch yeah. and he maybe just had really saggy balls or something because <laughs> when i looked just like i was like what is this like brown i was oh like it just hit me i was, I was like damn like what the fuck that's <laughs> and, uh, but it's also like yeah man oh. he must have been biking hard because uh i feel like most of these bike shorts have some sort of protection for that so no they, they weren't bike shorts they want this they want like the traditional elastic because those are like like body suits you know they're like skims they're like they're really body hugging yeah but these ones he was wearing i think just a loose loose high-rise like shorts i imagine like kind of the like the kind of um gym shorts which kind of come almost to above your quadricep like you can really see that muscle so i feel like yeah, it was yeah. one of those shorts but when he had sat down and started cycling they'd kind of the the rise or whatever the the inseam junction had pushed into his crotch and so he was inadvertently like like flashing everyone right. um so in that in that situation like you know like when you're dri- like you know in when you're driving a car or whatever like and someone's like like gas canister door is open you like honk at them to tell them like is that the same vibe for when your balls are hanging out the side of your shorts on a bike? There, there isn't time. There isn't time. Cause I like, I like, cause it took me a minute to like to understand like what is. And I was just damn. And by that, by the time he had like, I <laughs> it, it hit me. I had like, you know, my brain had like computed what the fuck was happening. He had already zoomed. I'm not gonna. Also, do you really no, want no, to no, sure. do you want to confront the guy who's got a fucking his balls like hanging out of his sh- your shorts? <laughs> like that's what I'm. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to say you should have done that in this scenario. But like, let's say you're riding next to someone, their balls are hanging out. Like, you know, are you tapping on their shoulder? You'd be like, "Sir, you're uh, you're having a wardrobe malfunction here." Just letting you know. Yeah, no. I think if the if if I like if we were like within, if someone like, let's say in a different style, like in a more like like if someone was, someone was walking next to me and they had like toilet paper hanging off their shoe, I'm like, mm. I would be like a hundred percent. I've done it many times. Like, hey, hey, dude, like check. You know, I'd like help them out. I'd figure it out for them. Or I'd let them know. But if, if it's a cyclist, I would like to believe I'd extend that to another cyclist. But when I'm cycling, I'm also I'm also I'm also a different person, so I can't really. But yeah, um, I would I'd like to believe I would. But just in this scenario, yeah, it just didn't like I I was not really I didn't one I did not care enough to turn around and like catch up with him. And two, who knows what well you know this guy's he's got his dick hanging out. What else he's got you know in his fucking backpack? You, sure, I just okay. don't want to know. Like, yeah, you're putting yourself in an unnecessary danger at that point like he's he's probably fine 
yeah, it's like, you know, do I want to vol- volunteer in Ukraine or do I want to talk to the guy who's like sucking his dick out? I feel, I feel like the, the, um, frankly, neither, to be honest, but yeah, yeah, yeah I think, I think there's more, um, there's more to gain going to the Ukraine and talking to this guy. But, um, mm. but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give him any merit for that, but I just want to say that's on my experience and I hope the world, people be vigilant out there. When you're biking, be, be aware. Some people don't have sensation they're nuts or I don't know what they're doing. They just didn't know. Yeah. Um, why am I talking about this? Um, we're talking about shorts again. Oh shit, shorts! Oh, no, we're talking about the gym. This guy's got six fists. Oh, I wanted to go. Yeah, in terms of, do you recall? Um, back in the day, there was a website called Helsinki Looks. Um, and it was uh, maybe it was a street style. Oh my god! Yeah, yes. this was like early. Yes, yes, it was. It was the thing you'd always oh, goon. Shit. You would always goon it because it was like I think it's in, they're finished. They're, yeah, Helsinki's in Finland. And so it was like street style pics from Finland, and they were always crazy fucking whack, like mad, like like you know not like you know fruits, fruits beautiful, you know they, yeah. they know they look whack, but you know they have an agenda, you know they're, they're looking whack in a good beautiful way. Finland, no, they're looking whack in the same kind of whack with a guy who has a dick hanging out, like it ain't it ain't it, King. Mm-hmm. But you, you do you remember that yeah, platform? It's not. I do remember. Also. I mean, now we're going into it. Do you remember lookbook.nu? Oh, dude, you, how could I forget? These things have like yeah. lodged themselves into my brain. Like, this is when when people, you know, when they when they finally discover the fucking the brain cancer that I've been growing. Like, brain cancer will be built out of, you know, it'll be the evolution of my understanding of lookbook.com, how sync your looks. You know, it'll be my internet form days that will be the oncogenic effect on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, you're like the, the, uh, bullet man but for really bad fashion content on the internet dude it's rough i mean that, i think like everyone has a lot not everyone but a lot of people from our cut have gone all i mean i mean not everyone but you kind of become your brain develops a lobe that's dedicated to like bad fashion content and you kind of you it's a, you're an archivist of that bad fashion content yeah like i can't remember my phone number but i can remember this fit from lookbook.nu in 2006 dude, it's so fucked. but also like the fact that you like people would make po- like these three threads dedicated to being like go through <laughs> go through how sink it looks and just shit shit on everyone <laughs> like systematically <laughs> make fun of everyone on there and it was like a recreational activity <laughs> it was so fucking whack <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like they yeah at that point they that's what they were looking for they 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 were that dom sub relationship vibes yeah it was wild but but the reason i because uh, you know the guy um we talked you, you actually brought this to my attention the gym dot ape the gym app gym thing um the guy who developed that app okay i know how much i talked to you about this the guy that developed that app he did he was the founder of uh haber hotel what yeah what he, gym app the the gym the gym app um the one that has all the clothing on it oh oh yeah 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 what he yeah oh wait no yeah i we you yeah, we we talked about. Okay, this. yeah. So, but it goes deeper. I did. I was when I was like going through him. So he's the founder of um, Habit Hotel. One of the co-founders. I think it's two of them. They're in Finland. Then he had a career mm-hmm. at Facebook, uh, doing some like really malicious, um, like behavioral tracking device, which they always try to like push as if it's like trying to track your steps, but really they're just collecting your any behavioral data. So he did that at Facebook. He like was a pioneer there. And then I think he's like a tech dude in New York right now. But his partner. His partner is the woman who who developed who's a street the street photographer for Helsinki looks. That's who he's like. That's so funny. Yeah, dude, it all comes full circle. So, and that's why he got into like developing that platform because his partner is that person. And then she went to do like New York looks or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's all. Uh, 
You, you, That's a crazy career trajectory. <laughs> you, you can never escape. You know how sink you looks. You know, once you're in the fucking the fashion cookbook, whatever, when you're in the dens, you're just stuck there. But you know what? It's actually kind of not. Because there's the, like, we all came from FA on 4chan. All the Habbo Hotel raiding that happened on 4chan back in, like, 2004 or whatever. It all, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, true. It's really the history. It's his, you know, yeah, actually it's all, you know, it all, in terms of his career, it's all kind of been orientated around how do I leverage my ship posting to, on, and God, you know, like, wish, wish I had done it faster than he did because that's a beautiful career path just to orientate your entire it career is. on ship posting. That's what I'm trying to do now. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, then do, it's, it's actually weird that, like, with Threadbare and Jet, like, it's like the same, <laughs> like, how did you, you're, you're like the dark, like the, the, the dark version to his light version. That's what I mean. I don't want to, like, before, yeah, I don't want to be like the free market for fucking shitty threadbare, but that was the thing. What I hated about that guy is that he was a, he's a tourist. He's a tourist to online luxury uh, clothing consumption. Like, I've, I've, I've been the most despicable cunt in that space. I've gone, like, from being, like, a ship, like a malicious ship poster to being, like, a malicious work poster to becoming, like, like, you know, I've gone, like, from chaos evil to, like, good, you know, I've, I've done the whole, like, personality spectrum of this like environment so i feel like i've been on every role uh, I, I'm, I feel like i'm very experienced here but this guy is not from the cut he does not know like he, he the vendors that they scrape aren't that good and so i felt kind of insulted right. i don't want i don't want this have a hotel motherfucker to take over our this is our space like get the fuck out and that's how i felt about it that's yeah. why i made threadbare just to kick him out you were you were born in the degenerate online fashion community he just he just adopted it. Yeah, it, it's our formative years. He cannot take this. Is we should, this is our culture. We should make our tools. This fucking tourist should not. He missed that window. He cannot like. He can't backtrack into it. He chose the Facebook life. We chose being broke online. Like we, we, we made you know we yeah. made our choices. You can't turn back. You know the close the doors closed on him. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly. What I yeah. Um, Coming back, I'm like reeling back to like authenticity and thinking about um, thinking about like these like um, homogenous ideas of what like a, a fit pick is. And this is where we should talk to Eric or Legally Smelf, who to me that that for those who know, there was on Reddit a long time ago a, a, a goth ninja style guide. And and to me that post at the time I thought was complete dog shit satire bullshit, but actually and to me it was I thought it was really satire. But I think the more I think about it. Even if it was satire, it was a formative moment for a lot of young men on MFA back in the day, um, and I really think that post was like a like a, a turning point for how to develop your sartorial experience. Yeah, <clears throat> he. Uh, I mean, I hate. Ah, fuck. Yeah, I obviously don't care for that type of shit, but. There is something like weirdly like Jordan Peterson esque about it. It's like he proto proto Peterson vibes. Absolutely, and I think it's maybe it's something to do with like the the kind of people who go to read it. It's like they're trying to discover, they're trying to learn the world through like a like an infograph. Um, but nevertheless, the impact this has had on like how people like I still see you know I think this like that that idea of like enmeshing or like um or combining like. Uh, like a MMORPG class build and also like the idea of how you build yourself into like a person in fashion. I feel like he was the pioneer for that and that became kind of the model for what like I guess why we see cult of like fashion brands online is because they try to build their like their fucking like um, 
Avatar into these brands. Like, like they, they, they have, like, Angel Mista builds, like, Rick Owens builds, like, Yojo Moto builds. Like, yeah. you have to own the fucking Kiss Heels. You have to own the Parachute Pants. You have to own the stupid, like, mm-hmm. Animusta Cardigan. So I feel like he kind of introduced the way of understanding fashion and clothing. Yeah, there's also, there is also something about, like, I think, like, the worst thing that that ever brought, maybe that, maybe it was parent pioneered there, like you said, or maybe, maybe it's just, like, an organic, like, or, like, a congruent, like, evolution of the thing, but, like, people feeling like they have to learn, and, you know, I'm, because it is good to learn about fashion, but it's also kind of not, like, I, I feel like I spend a lot of years, like, feeling like you need to like gain some knowledge but you really don't like once you give that shit up you realize like the only thing that matters is like again well at least to me but is like just making sure that you're being some sort of version of real and comfortable and and like I think it's really interesting thing that you've opened up in terms of learning fashion and and especially in terms of like because if I if with me, I believe like again, fashion is like creative, uh, creative medium for someone to express, and so it's one way to come to fashion through like this more academic or this more like you know where you learn about the brand, their history, blah blah blah, or you come into it like from your own personal experiences. You know, and I think that's also true of a lot of creative disciplines. It's like you, you kind of the discipline is the medium where you kind of vomit out your your understanding of the world, whether, whether your medium be clothing, whether your medium be like canvas, whether your medium be music. I think it's kind of it always kind of is that expressive outlet that um, that people look for. So. Again, one way to like, I think there are a lot of people online who have kind of learned fashion, like academically. You know, they've gone through the the old runways, they've memorized like Hamilton Lang these years were the best, Yojo Moto these years were the best, blah blah. Um, and that's become like a their like um undergrad in fashion. But what um, and I think that we've both like experienced this. I definitely have also been from that cut. Like there was a point in my time where I would go through like like the archives of like um first look or first view and download all the images yeah. and like you know understand like the history of fashion but it's interesting when you look at like um people who have like really tried to turn that because i think there's a point when you realize there's only so much value even for yourself or that you can extract out of or actually rather that it's kind of improvised to fucking look at to learn fashion through an academic kind of point of view like to learn it like systematically um but what that kind of, I think the, when people realize that often they either say, fuck it, I'm going to do my own thing, you know, l- do fashion how I want, or they'll try to like leverage it into like becoming tag boys where they'll like memorize things to like yeah. an absurd detail. Well, I think, yeah, I, this actually kind of good because I wanted to get here eventually, but like, I think it really depends on how you, how you like entered into not fashion necessarily, but shit about what you wear um and like i i, I don't know like I, I remember like before i even knew that you know like what like fashion brands were like when i was really young like a teenager or whatever like i wanted you, you just saw like the way that certain bands were dressed or like uh yeah like it wasn't really about like like i didn't know what the fuck a runway was when i was like 13 or whatever but i just cared about like how I don't, the the band that I remember early on was. Did, did you ever listen to the band Foles? Uh, F O A L S. Yeah. No, but it does ring a bell. It sounds really familiar, but I can't think of their music. But that name is familiar. They're, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like um, math rock, I guess. 
uh but yeah like the guy guy uh i forget his name his, his greek guy yanis something or other anyways they always just used to dress like kind of i guess you would call it like indie now like just like skinny jeans and like a band or like a band t-shirt or like a vintage tee and like some sort of button down or whatever and um yeah so that was like my my introduction was trying to like emulate those those types of things by like usually going to american apparel or, or or like a vintage store and like trying to find some shit like that but it was like i was in like 10 years into wanting to dress a certain way when i learned about what f like fashion was um and not, not trying to say that i had like that i've i'm not i'm not that guy in the the discord trying to say that i've never fumbled a fit like of course i have everybody has um but i wonder like what the difference is with like people people coming up now like there's like you know i know of like 13 year olds that are that are like religiously researching high fashion shit like it's really different so with a with brand tea thing it made me think about there's that luxury brand and i think they're from la um and i can't pronounce your name for shit i'm not even gonna try we've just covered this um erd you, you know the other brand I'm talking about yeah uh enfant riche deprimé yeah what are your thoughts so i think from my from what i've seen of their brand it's very like they come kind of luxurifying brand tees kind of like what undercover did or but yeah how do you mm -hmm. feel about these brands who kind of take that aesthetic but don't aren't from like the actual culture of it you know they're not they're not banned themselves yeah I don't, I don't know maybe they are like i don't really know that much about them i just know that their clothes don't like i've not tried on anything but they don't look like they would fit that well and it, there is some like i don't know there's something where i really appreciate when someone like hedy slimane or no really just him will like uh interpret um interpret that vintage we talked about this on i think before we'll, we'll interpret something vintage and like bring it to a level of luxury that you wouldn't normally see so like extremely high quality perfect version of each fabric and and really like um perfecting something whereas like those brands like this brand erd and um there's a couple others that they're usually from la they're not really adding anything like you may as well just go buy vintage t-shirts um because they're just they're actually probably better in terms of quality and fit than the erd or, or adjacent brands and they're not those brands are not really adding that level of luxury and polish that you get with like Saint Laurent or um, Celine now. Well, not that Celine is really doing that much actual clothing, but you know, you get my point. That's something that I haven't thought about that, but really expanding on that, how, the, how you know, because take the example that you made with like Hedy Sloman, who's also kind of mining a very similar cultural experience or cultural context, you know, going to their shows, trying to, you know, look at the, Look at the what people are wearing, and you know, bring that into the into the luxury sphere. Comparing that practice with people who are just like you know trying to riff it, um, like ERD is. I think exploring that would be really interesting. And I, I think I feel like you'd have. I really want to hear your take on this, almost like in a in like a really concentrated way. But I also don't want to lose that thought you used to think earlier on about um, maybe the people who who come into like like uh, understanding clothing from a very like constructed, you know, not really experiencing it. But rather understanding it through infographs instead of um, through you know music or through movies, etc. 
Um, but I, I have a similar opinion. I think I used to like I came to kind of fashion through movies. Like I think to me, they're still I yeah. think the kind of costuming or the the thought process that goes into styling for movies is uh, immaculate. Like it's really like people. I think it can be overlooked, but like movies are often highly constructed. Like every detail is accounted for, especially the clothing and how and, the, and how you develop a character. They're like they're like the intimate, very intimate connection is made there. Um, and th- and I think that's something I, when I look at, t- I think you, I think you, similar for you, like when looking at like visual m- or moving image or like particularly movies with actors, the costuming can say a lot and it's often really interesting. Um, yeah. Wait, 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 before, mm-hmm. before you go on. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I fully agree. And like, um, another, probably like a bigger, I don't know what time we're at right now, but probably a huge conversation there, but mm-hmm. I'm curious have any examples of like movies that i love which have a great styling yeah or like something that like like what's the image in your head that you're thinking of when you oh yeah when you're talking oh yeah I mean, i've got my favorites but like um there's two that i that really like there's um uh, uh william defoe and light sleeper and if it's like a it, oh i've never seen that. yeah it, it's it's an early film of his um and he's wearing like like you know do you remember there's that that runway where um william defoe is walking for prada i think yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like 2012, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's such a fucking... Set. Anyway, oh, so man, such a Chad in this. Dude, Wait, oh, in Light Sleeper or in that show? Yeah, no, in Light Sleeper. Dude, yeah, oh. hey, dude, his, he's wearing like, just like, um, like, um, heritage Italian brand. It's, he's like, he's pimped the fuck out in it. It's such, the costume for him is so good in that movie. So, but there's, I mean, there's like a lot of movies, I think, which, if you really take a second to look at their fit, I mean, I, I don't know, I think you had some, uh, you, you didn't, I mean, no matter what anyone says, like Wong Kar Wai, I think also his styling. I want to say Fallen Angels. Fallen Angels, it's really on the nose, but I think it's also beautiful. Additionally... Did we talk about Wong Kar on the, on the pod yet? No, we haven't, but I know your thoughts on him, which I think... I don't know. We, we haven't talked about him on the pod, um, but we should. Hey, wait, yeah, so sorry. So we, we I, just, I don't want to skip over that part, but yeah. keep keep going with yeah. the original There's thought. also a third. I mean, there's so many, but there's... Okay, I'm going to add two more. There's... um. You know, you know uh, Akira Kurosawa, the movie director. Yeah, yeah. And there's a Japanese like moth. There's there's a certain actor. I forget his name. Fuck. Um, but he always does like yakuza roles in Japanese films. Um, like uh, um. No. Sorry. Takeshi Kitano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he like he's always costuming Yoju, but he he's like I think the the styling for like yakuza in Japanese films is always dope, but. My my initial thought and the one what I should I'm I love this shot but like there's a movie called Cold Fever, and I watched it once in Switzerland. I had no idea what the fuck I was watching. I just walked into it because it had like a cool. I was just watching films kind of blind. Um, yeah, and it's this movie about a man who's he's just Japanese man. His family, his mother and father had migrated to Iceland, had passed away in Iceland, and so the movie was about him traveling from Japan to Iceland to tribute his family. But his but his costuming is so not only his costuming but his costuming juxtaposed with the with the costuming of the people in Iceland is so good. Um yeah. But also um the Pusher series is also very good and it's a, it's a Danish uh, series. But yeah, so those I mean there's so many my mind is exploding when I think about this but these kind of films I I look to when I think about costuming and styling so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so um uh Oh, this is Nicholas Winding Riffin. Riff, I don't know. This, yeah, I'm sure there's a proper pronunciation for that, but I also don't care. Um, okay, so yeah, you said a lot of shit there. Uh, have you seen Brother? Yeah, of course. What do you mean? Of course, dude. I would ship out that. that okay, film. Okay. Yeah. We should just talk about there's, fashion there's films. Sorry. Go 
Honestly, yeah. Because that one, that one was, I mean, that one, you talked about a bunch of ones in like the 90s where, because I, I guess like there's a thing, and maybe this is like, there is a through line here with what we were talking about before, where there was the thing where like, um, movies just had good styling because people dressed well. Mm. And then with Brother, you know, it was like costumed by Yoji Yamamoto, which, so I guess what, what I'm trying to say is like, there's a, there is like a difference between people being like, oh, this is how people dress. So I'm going to dress them well like this. And then being really intentional about having good fashion. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's also interesting. Cause I think I, I went through a period, a very similar process where I would like, I would look for movies that were that were costumed by designers to see like what was produced. And there's there yeah, are yeah. several by, by Yoji and there, there are others too. But yeah, you, you, it's interesting. Wait. Sorry, go on. Do you know, have you seen Tank Girl? Yeah, of course. It's it's Australian film, yeah. Who, who, who costumed that? <laughs> Rick Owens. No! <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? That shit, that movie is so fucking yeah, yeah, cooked. Yeah. The movie sucks. This might actually, <laughs> this might, yeah. It, fuck, is it Ice-T is in that? He's like a kangaroo man the, kind of thing? What? I don't know. The, <laughs> I remember the kangaroo, yeah. like the weird, dude, it was like some weird shit where like, the, the, it was a human chick and a kangaroo and there was some kind of like weird bestiality going on. Um, but I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I yeah. see what's, dude, that movie, we have to go with it. We have to go with it. But sorry, this Okay, is, but wait. Go, okay. go on, yeah. I think, I think like, like, because this is obviously like a, a audio thing, like we can't show this shit, but I went on a deep dive and, and found um, the pieces that are made by Rick Owens and it's actually so sick how there's a through line between the way that he was cutting his shoulders and the and bodices on the jackets that he made for her and like the robo sleeve and and like some of the even um the strobe shoulders that he's doing now like it, it's really cool to see i don't know when that film was made uh 95 shit yeah it's like uh math hold on was that 30 years yeah He's like basically doing the same shit for like almost thirty years, um, and like still so obsessed with this like shoulder and and nape of the neck. But um, because maybe you'll know this, he did that film. That he did a film about a vampire kid or like an, an undead ghoul. Was... Oh yeah, he did that for it's Bruce of Bruce. I think it's called. Um, yeah. Because um... that film I haven't watched, but it's been I always forget the name of it, and it's been my. It's like it's it's got like a guy. I... Gone. I don't think it's. I mean, I you have to like Bruce LaBruce films. It's it's not like, you know, it's called Auto, and there's a second title. Uh, it's called Auto or Up with Dead People. Yeah, I, I've heard it's I heard it's whatever, but I just know that it's like got old. I mean, the way they con the way that Rick is, from what I recall, that stills that that um, I really liked. I've only watched really one Bruce LaBruce film called Hustler White, which actually also has a Rick throughput, which is that. Um, the Hustler Blazer, which is a blazer that Rick Owens did with an overlay yeah, of yeah. Uh, a T-shirt mm -hmm. that's meant to be worn over the um over the neck, like pulled up. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, there's it's probably not from this movie, but there's a scene where uh, Tony Ward wears um wears his his shirt like that um because I guess, I guess it was like a way for to signal that he was like a prostitute. Or that you were a prostitute. Well, um, and even further connection is that Tony Ward was the model in the 1987 Michelle Lamy uh, designed collection that was never released. That was produced 
uh, by Rick Owens Dude, um, you, 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 in '86. Yeah. The, the history that you, you've dug up through, like, I, I know through whatever means you had, is really like impressive. Um, but not to get lost in the Rick Owens source, because like, but on on that same, looking at like other movies, like, um, what's it, what's um, the Mockingbird? Is that the name of the you know the what's that stupid with people in the woods who are hunting each other? Um, what game? Of, no, you know it's Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Oh, that's stupid. No, Hunger Games. Oh, Hunger Games. Yeah, a lot of the costuming there, I think it actually sucked, but they they took like a lot of, there was a lot of like 2000, or 2010's Rick and Andy Lamista and uh, Haida Ackerman. That was just like... It was, hmm? it was actual, co- like, styling. It wasn't costuming, right? Like, yeah. they, they just bought pieces. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was so stupid. Um, that does suck. Yeah. I fucking hate that. Yeah, um, but also, on the- I, want, I don't know, this is, I kind of want to finish the thought of um kind of coming the formative experiences someone has when they come into online fashion because we were kind of like we talked about films but i really want to finish like they yeah, yeah. have someone maybe that's where we can kind of conclude um in a way like um just to preface it Do, but i mean because okay. you know the movies that suck sorry before the movies that suck like the, the, like bubble boy or um or body of evidence which which i like people will say they suck but they, there's some charm to them yeah but thank you to me, sucks and it sucks. Like I just never understood it. Oh. I loved it as a kid. So oh damn, I don't know. But I, my dad was also really big into comic books, and like so, I I knew, like Tank Girl, as a comic, when I was a kid too. And I love like I love the art style and like all the costume and just how you know like, I I just like love how fucking disjointed and weird it was. Like mm-hmm. they would there would be like a cell where she's wearing one outfit, and then without the scene changing she would just be wearing a different outfit in the next cell still having the same conversation as if nothing happened oh, I, I don't know i just love that that's sick okay because i watched it as an adult so i think i've met like i was having a hard time okay yeah. like, like what is it was really like it was really wacky like wacky like crazy wacky oh this is iced tea this is so crazy this one was bro nice. malcolm mcdowell's in that can you imagine being in clockwork orange <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> It's like it's like you never left. It's like this, you know. <laughs> oh, it's sick. It's yeah, so crazy. I have to. I mean, I have to come back to it at some point. Um, okay, yeah. but so let's finish the thought in terms of um the thought of people like the formative experiences people can have when they come into luxury clothing, and so how should we? So you were saying like you kind of your way into fashion was which through music, and that was or like through looking at. Oh no! What were you saying? How how did you experience? It, it, yeah. It's not even necessarily just about music. Like a lot of it was movies too. But like, I rem- I just remember like these guys who, it, who were in bands or whatever that were like older than me at the time. Well, I guess still are, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and just being like, damn, they look cool wearing like, jeans and like a ratty t-shirt or or whatever. Um, and yeah, it was always about like something. Or, or yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think like that's very aspirational. Like even when I was when I was younger, like understand going to gigs, in the way that I did, a big part of the performance was kind of the f- like the fit of the band. Like there's a band, a Jap- Japanese band called uh, Guitar. Is it Guitar Wolf or it's like, it's like the band members. Fuck, I should remember the name. They're like they're like an OG. So all the members of the band wear like leather jacket. They all look like greasers. They wear like black sunglasses, leather jackets, like. Oh, uh, y- it's. It, wait, are you talking about De Realise De Nude? Oh, no, no. No, I wish I was, though. But no, I'm talking about a different band. Um, I think it is Guitar Wolf, then. Okay, maybe it is Guitar Wolf. Yeah. Um, 
and so they, they're older men, but they, you know, they 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 had all like fitted out, you know, that they understood mm-hmm. completely was part of the performance. And I think that's one aspect. Also, when bands come in and they just seem to like look cool, like innately in a way. Um, yeah, I think that was really formative. Also, kind of maybe understand like how to come to you know at the time learning clothing online only took you so far. Like you know being in the trenches, sweating through your jacket, also like kind of t- you know was really. Um, formative or like valuable yeah well there's also it's like mo- well i guess like yeah like there, there is something like cool about a lot of these like punk or like you know rock bands like they aren't wearing like fashion clothes they're probably not spending that much money maybe they're having help like sourcing vintage stuff or whatever but they're looking that fucking cool without you know doing what they're doing today which is like having designs like made for them or whatever that's also an interesting like development i feel like when they're when well, like it's, there's like this period now where when you're like a young band it's like you know you'll have like an innate understanding of how to dress yourself and then as you like escalate in let's say a band somehow escalates in their prestige then they begin to outsource their like styling and often that never like that never pans out like it, it becomes really obvious when someone's dressed you like sourced all of your clothing for you and yeah, I think there's a lot that gets lost in that transformation. For sure, and and I'll even say like I think Daft Punk is one of them. Like, if you look at like their older like '90s fits, like they just look like the perfect version of like those kind of like electro music, like French dirtbags. Mm-hmm. And then obviously they started a relationship with Hetty, and so he started doing their cautions, and that's when they got into like this like Michael Jackson glam thing which to me doesn't work because even in Michael, like even with the Michael Jackson stuff, like all of his weird glam fits, like had that like um, New York dolls vibe where they're like rolling around in a vintage store that has like a lot of garbage. And then Hedy, I think this is like the only time for me that he missed a mark, which is that like costuming his rock stars. Like it just looks too clean. I think like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a weird thing when they, when you become too famous and you start like forgetting how to dress yourself, and that, yeah. that can be super lame. Um, but also, like, it's the phenomenal of people who come like on, on like dressing themselves purely through the online experience. I think it's really easy to clock someone who's like come from online fashion. Like, I've definitely seen people in real life who have been like, "Damn, this person has like spent way too much time on MFA," or it's been like who really hasn't, you know, like their pick in the mirror may warp them into the you know the idea in their head, but. When it comes to you know the going to the on the streets, you're like what like you clearly have like been dressed by internet. Um, but I mean, I guess people also travel yeah. sometimes. You know, that's uh, the experience and good for them, but it only goes so far. Um, yeah, I guess I I just think that like it's like there's like a horseshoe effect of looking bad where you don't know about fashion and you're you dress like shit, and then you learn too much about fashion and you go too hard at it that you still like you know you're spending all this money and you still look like shit whereas like there's a sweet spot in between that you you know i think i've managed to hit finally um which usually well no i'm pretty fit king all right no but i also don't post the shit on the internet which is a big part of it because if you were you'd be in a fucking bedroom wearing nike shorts and a hoodie (laughs) (laughs) we know you are exactly exactly It just sucks because, like, like, 
it's just not that complicated, you know? It's not as complicated as people make it. Yeah, no, I, I think the way you put it, like the horseshoe effect thing, yeah, it's like once you once you start realizing that, you know, you're kind of coming back up the shoe, that's a, the point in time where you start running head on to, to oncoming traffic and, you know, try to give yourself a lobotomy. Yeah. Just pause your brain at yeah. that moment and, just, you know, let you, you know, go into vegetative state and you'll probably, you know, accrue a better understanding of how to dress yourself than if you were to stay longer on online fashion. Um, exactly. But I think uh, that's funny. Like I think there was after you know in my early teens, I or my early years being in fashion, at least in my adolescence, I would shit post aggressively, constantly, like pr- profusely online, and then I then I kind of tapped out of it um, when I moved overseas. I was like, fuck it, yeah. Or like even before that, a tiny bit. I was like, this is too much. I'm starting to like get too invested in this. Um, but there are some people I noticed who never tapped out. They stayed in on t- in online fashion, like you know, for the last seven years. They've been in all the forms. They've been in all the discords. Yeah. They've been in all the skypes. And um, but it's but I just want like these people like are usually unemployed and also don't post fit. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I think I think like there was a reckoning. Like and and you know I've started to get back into Discord and stuff, and that's how we started talking actually, which was like, obviously awful. Good. The worst are okay. yeah yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think like the reckoning was really once forums died. Like I was like, all right, that's it. Like I'm not, I'm not starting a new thing here. Um, and you know, I'll just wear clothes in real life and, and enjoy it that way. But I think people who did that, who like, who like, just you know, had like a like a, a, a noble end or like kind of glamorously tapped out. Um, you know that they became like function. You know they managed to like recover the the brain matter which had been you know subsumed by shit posting. You know, they managed to like leverage that into a professional career somehow, and those who stayed online just got super cooked, like got giga fucked yeah. up. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really funny seeing that. Yeah, so the, the, it's truly like a horseshoe. If you just spend too much time online, you you know you're you're just like fucked. Um, but I think the, the the way that I see it the most is with like I think we know we have mutual friends perhaps who can like look at like a Rick Owens item and give you the the product ID code. You know they're, they're like these like like Rain Man tier tag boys who can just like which is kind of very impressive, but also not a way to be like that's not sustainable. No, and mm-hmm. I think it's weird with it's weirder with Rick Owens than it is with the other big one that happens. That, that that this happens to which is cow christian pole because the entire fucking brand is based around like product and like like uh color codes but with rick it's like who gives a shit like why would you why do you care like i don't i don't get it i never really got it yeah and in some way it's like it's cool that they've like accumulated this like encyclopedic knowledge of this brand to the point where they're like know the product codes and like know all like they'll, they'll know the binary for how to fucking read the stupid numbers um but the, yeah on the other hand it's like really like i think the the clothing experience has kind of shifted for them now it's not really about the the, the creative aspect it's more about like the um history like his like historicizing the brand which is i mean it's also cool but yeah i think the big like i've also seen there's also Yoji people who are like this, Com people who are like this, who will just look at the code. There are and people who are like this who will look at the code and be able to tell you like the material, the season, the gender, everything. It's so crazy. Um, God bless them, but also good luck out there. Yeah. All right. Should we should we call it there? Um. Yeah. 